You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy and your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to your final episode this week. This episode is going to be your Friday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. And as we always do Fridays around here, this is going to be a mailbag episode. So I appreciate you guys for shooting over some really good questions for me to answer in this episode. I'm excited to dive into it. But just before we begin, there is one quick update to provide you guys. And that is the contract details of wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. We finally got some numbers to play with here. And basically the Rams signed him to a $4.5 million deal that could work its way up to $6.25 million with incentives. And Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic actually broke it down further and gave us some in-depth details on this deal. $2.75 million of it is base salary, $103,000 incentive for each game on the active game day roster, $1.25 million incentives if he plays 50% of offensive snaps and the team improves, whatever that means. I'm guessing that means more wins than last season. Up to $1 million in playoff incentives, and his cap number for this season is $3.26 million. So I guess that doesn't leave the Rams with all that much money to work with in terms of the salary cap remaining. I think that places them somewhere in the range of $7 million, probably going to be very quiet for the time being. But as of right now, that is the contract details for Deshaun Jackson. That is where the Rams currently stand within the salary cap table. And that takes us right into our questions. We're going to begin with the Rams related questions as of first, and then we're going to dive into some of the draft and free agency stuff afterwards. So the first question is from at Will Carella. He said, how does having Matthew Stafford under center change our offense in terms of scheme play calling, different formations, etc. And how long do you think it will take for Stafford to get adjusted to a completely new offense? And those are actually both very good questions. And you know, it's anyone's guess what's going to happen. I think we could probably expect to see a little bit more of that 2018 style of offense where, you know, the Rams are going to allow Stafford to get under center a little bit. Uh, the Rams are going to start to run a lot of that outside zone stuff in their running game, which is where Sean McVay comes from. The coaching tree, the Shanahan tree is based off of the outside zone running game. A lot of play action concepts. I'm expecting to see a lot of that stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I think they're going to revert to a lot of 11 personnel on offense, which means one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers, similar to how they did in 2017 and 2018. And I think Stafford's going to be allowed to work in the shotgun in those kind of formations as well. So I expect to see a lot of downfield passing, a lot more of a vertical passing attack, you know, a lot of deep overs, posts, vertical routes, nine routes, all that kind of stuff. You know, I think they're going to probably run a lot more play action, a lot more running outside zone concepts and work their passing game off of that, similar to how they did in 2018. But at the same time, I think they will also blend in some of the current concepts that we've seen from the past two seasons, a little bit of that 12 personnel, a little bit of running power style concepts as opposed to just zone scheme concepts. So, you know, the more confusing you can be on offense, the more multiple the harder you're going to be to stop. So I think the Rams and Sean McVay are going to try to continue to bring in all different types of formations and plays and all that kind of stuff. And as for how long it'll take him to get accustomed to this new offense, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm going to guess that being a guy that's been in the league for so long, 33 years old now, pretty much has, you know, went through at least four or five offensive coordinators in his own right. He should be able to do it quickly. I'm going to expect him to do it quickly, but you know, this is his first time changing teams. So 
it may be a little bit longer than expected. The next question is from at GTZ. Who do you think will have the better season as a rotational defensive tackle, Greg Gaines or Ashawn Robinson? I was surprised to learn Ashawn Robinson is only 14 months older than Gaines. And so, you know, I think both guys are very useful. I'm going to go with Ashawn Robinson. I think he's just the better player. I think he's going to play a lot more snaps. Now, looking back to last season, you know, Greg Gaines, I think was probably the better pass rusher, whereas Robinson was probably the better run defender. But, you know, it was hard to judge Robinson in his first season with the Rams. He didn't play eight games, and then he comes back in the first two or three games. He's getting eased back into football playing shape, all that kind of stuff. So didn't really get a good look at who he was as a player this past season. But, you know, there were spurts at times where, the Rams would let him play some significant snaps, and he looked very solid as a run defender. And, you know, he leaves a little bit to be desired as a pass rusher, but we knew that coming into this deal. We knew that coming into the season. That's not his forte, but at the end of the day, I think both guys are useful. I just think Robinson is a little bit better of a talent, so I'm going to go with him. The next question is from my guy at DeepBred6. He said, who do you see as a breakout player coming into 2021, similar to Troy Hill reviving his career, Darius Williams coming out of nowhere, etc.? You know, this one was a bit tough for me to choose. I wanted to go with a younger guy that, you know, hasn't really played yet, but I'm going to go with Taylor Rapp. He's entering his third season here, went into last season with a hamstring injury coming out of training camp. So, you know, he loses his starting job to Jordan Fuller, never really gets it back, and is playing that third big safety kind of role coming in after John Johnson and Jordan Fuller. And he just never really looked all that comfortable. I don't know if it was the injury. I don't know if it was his new role in the defense. I'm not really sure what it was, but for whatever reason, he didn't really put the season that he expected together, and I think he's a lot more talented than what he showed last season. Not to say that last season was terrible, but you know, this is a guy that the Rams drafted very high, a guy that I actually liked coming out of college, coming out of Washington, so I expect him to take that next step in his development, and I think you know, taking over for that John Johnson role in this current defense is going to do him a lot of justice and a lot of positives here. I expect him to do well in that role, and I think his skill set definitely fits that style of role. Moving on to the next question from my guy at Wags underscore official. What are your expectations for Deshaun Jackson? I'm saying if dude can suit up for 12 games and get us 400 to 500 yards, it's a win. Similarly, if we draft a burner wide receiver, do you think Deshaun will be a good role model or influence? You know, it's hard to say on the totals. It really depends on how much the Rams give him in terms of snaps and playing time, right? I look at that wide receiver three spot as more of a combination between Jackson and Van Jefferson. Together, they might put together, you know, eight or 900 yards collectively. I'm not really sure, but I think the impact of Deshaun Jackson is more related to the yards per catch, the yards per target, the downfield style of usage, and not just that, but actually when he's not even targeted, just working downfield and opening up holes and attracting coverage. So, in terms of what he can get in raw totals, I think four to 500 yards, like you mentioned, would be a huge win for sure, especially if he's splitting a lot of time with Van Jefferson. But at the end of the day, I'm a little bit more intrigued to look at the yards per reception as opposed to the totals. And as for the role model stuff, yeah, I expect him to be a good one. The Rams also have Cooper Cup, who's been in the league for multiple years now, Robert Woods, who's nearly 30 years old. So I don't think that's an issue for the Rams if they do elect to draft a young receiver to supplement what they already have in their current room. Coming up after the break, we're going to dive into some of the questions that are related to the free agency period for the Los Angeles Rams. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. You just got to go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this mailbag edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I am your host, Sosa Cremendez, and we're going to dive right into these questions because we don't have that much time and we got a bunch of questions to get through. So the next one is from at Quinton12 underscore. Hey, Sosa, I got a quick couple of questions for you. One, should the Rams be willing to use an early day three pick to move up for Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama? And two, do you think Matt Stafford will be able to beat out John Wolford in camp? Uh, That one sounds maybe like a joke. I'm actually not sure. But yes, I do think Matthew Stafford will beat out John Wolford in camp. Uh, As for the first one, you know, I would be totally okay with that. I love Landon Dickerson. He's one of my favorite players that I've watched so far in this draft class. I think he's going to be a tremendous center barring his health, obviously, because that's a big issue for him coming into the league. But I just don't see the Rams in a position to trade up. They're definitely not a team that likes to do that, especially when they don't have full draft classes. And I think they only have six draft picks in this draft class. So as you can imagine, not a full draft class and no first round pick and no picks within the first 56 picks. So I think it's a lot more likely that they actually trade down as opposed to trade up. But I do think there is somewhat of a possibility. I don't think it's completely ruled out. And I would actually be a fan of getting Landon Dickerson. But again, I think it's a lot more likely they actually trade back. The next one is from at Caden Severs 5. Who or what position do you see the Rams targeting in free agency with $17 million available? And the Rams don't actually have $17 million in cap space. That was from a report from the NFLPA, which was accurate, obviously, at the time. But I don't believe that it included the Leonard Floyd signing the Deshaun Jackson signing, and there might be one more signing that it was missing. So it seems that the Rams actually only have $7 million in cap space, which doesn't really leave them much at all to work with. At the end of the day, you know, they're going to probably have four or five million of that dedicated to the draft class, probably going to want to keep three or four on the side just in case in season they need to make a signing. So Probably not going to add anyone, to be quite honest with you. But if I'm going to pick one name, I would say re-sign Austin Blythe. That is the most likely thing left over for the Rams to do in free agency. I wouldn't really look forward to them adding anybody outside of you know their own free agents, which pretty much only leaves Austin Blythe available or a potential center replacement if for whatever they can't afford Blythe or if he gets a better deal somewhere else. I haven't really looked at many names available, but Austin Ryder from KC is a possibility there. But again, it would have to be a very cheap, very cost-controlled contract. The next one is from my guy Isaiah at Big Blackenstein, and this one is a great question. He said, who is your draft crush this year, homie? Maybe just in general and one for the Rams. I know Josh Jones was big for you last year. And he remembers Josh Jones, the tackle out of Houston, was my guy. I could not believe that the Rams actually passed him up multiple times. But hey, it is what it is. So, you know, I haven't gotten around to watching that many guys just yet. So I don't know if there's any one guy that I would truly plant my flag on as to, you know, I would stand on the table for this guy. I would put my job on the line for this guy. But offensive tackle Christian Derisaw of Virginia Tech is a guy that I really, really enjoyed watching. I think he's going to be a stud at the next level. Such a dominant run blocker. He looks very smooth and pass pro. Now, the issue is, like you mentioned, not going to be an option for the Rams. I think he's going to be gone within the first 20 picks, maybe the first 15 picks, a special talent. But 
When we talk about the Rams, you know, I like center Landon Dickerson or even wide receiver Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Now, I don't know how realistic either guy is. Landon Dickerson, in my opinion, is the best center that I've watched so far. I think he's an absolute plug and play center from day one, no questions asked, but the injury history is a big, big concern. But even then, strong hands, absolutely dominant run blocker, good at climbing to the second level, very good positioning, very good balance. You see it all from this guy. Definitely a guy you want manning the center spot. And then I mentioned Rondo Moore, another guy that, you know, he's going to need to be used creatively at the next level. He reminds me of a Golden Tate style of player, just way more athletic in my opinion, can jump out of the gym, can run out of the gym fast as hell, can be a kick returner, punt returner, open field weapon, yards after the catch threat, a guy that, you know, he's got a lot of work to do as a wide receiver still. I still want to see more of his release packages. I still want to see more of his routes. I want to see him used more downfield as opposed to just gadgety style stuff. But man, when you talk about a guy that can make plays, make big plays, game breaking plays, that is exactly what Rondell Moore brings to the table. The next question is from at Paul Cat 1969. He said, with the Rams having some $17 million in cap, it seems that they could have kept Brockers if they wanted to. The trade tells me they wanted to clear up space in order to make a different splash in free agency. Do you agree? And I mentioned it a few minutes ago, but they don't actually have $17 million. So, you know, this one's a little bit moot, unfortunately. But if that were the case, you know, and they actually wanted to go make a splash, that would definitely make sense to me. I would love to see another edge rusher added. Melvin Ingram was a guy that I've mentioned so many times on this podcast. You know, I think they could be in the market for a corner, a center, obviously, or a different offensive lineman just in general. Uh, you look at some other positions like inside linebacker even being a possibility, but we did mention it earlier. They just don't have a lot of money. They actually only have $7 million in cap space. And when you consider the draft class and the 2 to $3 million buffer that most teams, and especially the Rams, actually like to go into the season with, probably leaves them with just about nothing left to do in free agency. The last question in this segment is from at CJ Ram Clip. He said, since Deshaun is up in age and is injury prone, should we draft a speedy wide receiver in the middle rounds to be mentored by Deshaun? I would actually love that idea. I don't think the Rams should preclude themselves from drafting a wide receiver just because they have Deshaun Jackson, as well as obviously the other three in Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. But, you know, the guy that they add would presumably be the wide receiver five. And that guy is going to need to play special teams. No questions asked. Maybe punt return, maybe kick return, maybe gunner like Van Jefferson played last season. If you are on the bottom half of the roster, you have to contribute on special teams. So I would look for a guy that, you know, could be a speedy player, but also at the same time has to be able to contribute on special teams. So I would be open to it. I think there's a lot of talent at the wide receiver position in this draft class. I think you can find wide receivers pretty much everywhere these days with how much passing offenses throw the ball. They're pretty much plentiful. You know, a guy that I would like to see in the middle rounds Jalen Darden out of North Texas, explosive, yards after the catch, vertical weapon, similar to like a Rondale Moore, like I mentioned earlier, but lighter and maybe not as fast in terms of the high-end speed, but his twitchiness and his short area explosion and burst is just absolutely absurd. I think that guy could make a lot of big plays with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to dive into the final few questions that you guys sent me here, some of which are fun and a little bit unique. So make sure to keep checking back in with us while we've got you here at the Locked On Rams podcast. We're going to continue our offseason coverage for the Los Angeles Rams every single day this offseason. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. 
Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best with their Built Bar Madness style tournament. And today's matchup is going to be between the Cookie Dough Chunk Bar and the Birthday Cake flavor. And I'm going to have to go with the Cookie Dough Chunk, but both flavors are delicious. I just tried the Birthday Cake flavor last week for the first time, and it is bomb. I'll tell you that. The undefeated part about all these bars is that their texture is unlike any other protein bar I've ever tried in my life, and all of them have this same bomb texture, including some very, very delicious flavors. And all you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com or to their Twitter at Built underscore Bar, and remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Are you ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. This is our final episode this week, and I am excited to get through these last few questions we got one more related to the team, technically two, and one very unique, different style of question, which I may have some trouble answering, but we're going to dive into it anyways. And the first one is from at Dak Piff. With John Johnson leaving the building, who do you presume would get that green dot for the defense? And what he means by green dot is basically the guy that gets everyone lined up and has communication with the coaching staff, the sidelines, has that mic in his ear to actually allow him to call the defense. So this one is a tough one. Usually usually your linebacker or one of your safeties is going to have the green dot, typically an inside linebacker or your strong safety. And I'm going to go with Jordan Fuller as a low-key option. I think they love Fuller in terms of his cerebral approach to the game. I think they really love his IQ, his work ethic, the player that he is, what he brings to the table, and just knowing that if it's going to be a safety or a linebacker, none of the linebackers I think are that entrenched when it comes to the defense. I could see any of them being replaced by any other linebacker pretty much any given day of the week on the roster. So I don't want to go with any of those guys. And when I look at safety, you know, Terrell Burgess hasn't really played just yet. Taylor Rapp, a little bit up and down. So I think they're going to go with Jordan Fuller. So I'll go with Jordan Fuller as well. The next question is from at Save Ralph Guerra. Will Donald, aka Aaron Donald, ever get a snap at fullback? And You know, this would be fun to see. I think they could do a lot of interesting stuff with Aaron Donald on offense. I recall a lot of those different offenses back in the day using defenders on offense. Guys like J.J. Watt even used to play tight end or fullback at times. Uh, You look at other teams like Don Terry Poe, who actually threw a touchdown at 350 pounds, which was absolutely unreal. You know, the Patriots back in the day when they used to have Mike Rabel lining up in the backfield. I don't think Donald will ever get back there. Mostly because it just doesn't make sense in terms of the risk versus reward. You know, I think he could be a weapon on offense. The guy's fast as hell, strong as hell. But imagine, you know, something bad happens when you put him back there, he gets injured and you lose him for an extended period of time or, you know, for the rest of the season. That would be absolutely catastrophic. That's why you pay guys on offense to go get those touchdowns on the goal line. So doesn't make sense to me, in my opinion. It would be fun as hell to watch. I know that for sure. But at the end of the day, I think he's best served as the defensive tackle. Just keep him there. No reason to keep beating his body up as much as possible. So let the offensive guys do their job. I hope we don't get to see Aaron Donald at fullback. But I will definitely admit that would be fun as hell to watch. 
The last question is from at Grisanti915. And this one is a unique one and a bit of a different one. He said, you can pick anyone dead or alive to have a gym session with. Who are you picking? And that is a tough one. I feel like the popular answer, most people would probably go with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it makes sense. The guy's a legend. He's from Austria. You know, I was born in Germany. So we got that connection there. But I want to change it up. I won't go with Arnold. So I'll give you guys two options. One that has absolutely nothing to do with football and one that is purely football related because I got to go with one football player at least. So the number one, I would go with Chris Bumstead, the current Mr. Olympia, actually a fellow Canadian. The guy's an absolute monster. It's just absurd how big some of these guys can get. Honestly, it's crazy. So I feel like a workout with him would be just intense as hell. Throwing some earbuds, throwing some earphones, whatever, and just get to work. You know, that'd be dope to see. But I'm going to keep it within the football world as well. I want to say Aaron Donald, but again, Aaron Donald would probably be a chalky answer. Chalky meaning, you know, very common. So I'll go with my guy Darius Williams, man. Me and D will. We'll tear it up. We'll go have a nice leg day because, you know, real men don't skip legs. Let's be honest here. Uh, D will, man, if you're ever listening and you're trying to get a pump in, hit your boy up. We get a nice session in. I promise you that. Some nice intensity. So that would be pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Aaron Donald would obviously be fun as hell. I know there was that one video maybe a year or two ago. I can't recall now of the high school kid training with Aaron Donald. The Rams had this contest where, you know, somebody was going to win a training day with Aaron Donald. And my God, it looked intense. So that would probably be incredibly fun, but also incredibly tiring. So, you know, that's who I would go with. I'm going to go with Chris Bumstead and Darius Williams. I'm not going to lie, though. Arnold would be dope as well. That is all we got for you guys on this episode. We're going to end it on that lighthearted note. And I appreciate you guys for ending the week strong with me. We had another good week here at the Locked On Rams podcast. And make sure to keep checking back in with us going through next week and the rest of the offseason because now we're getting close to draft time. We're getting close to wrapping up free agency. So we're going to keep giving you guys all the free agency news, keep you guys updated in that regard. And also we're going to keep diving into draft prospects that may interest the Rams come late April. So make sure to keep checking back in with us here and make sure to come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.